Are you all ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Ready. Let's go. Let's go to Greece. Greece. As in the Greek islands, not as in John Travolta's Greece. Ah. Um, this week we are doing the 1961 two-hour 38 minutes, The Guns of Navarone. In 1943, a small commando team is sent to destroy guns on the Greek island of Navarone in order to rescue Allied troops trapped on Kyros, another Greek island. I will say right now, I recommend watching this movie. It doesn't feel like two hours and 38 minutes. I had so much fun. So just right off the bat, I suggest if you're curious, go watch it. Yes, it was a very fun movie. I will say, as someone who dislikes both war movies and long movies, I really enjoyed it. There you have it. I liked it a lot. I would recommend it as well. All right. So you've been warned and we'll try to do our best. But it is one of those movies. This is it's one of the movies that kind of set the template for action movies. Yeah, definitely. And fun adventure movies. Yeah. So And the shock factor. Yeah. The, the the jump out of your seat moment. Just highly entertaining. I mean, this isn't you know what I would consider since who knows when we're gonna get summer movies, blockbusters? Put this, watch this. This is a great Memorial Day action adventure. <laughs> So and then come back to us because we're going to spoil this movie because I had such a great time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here are the particulars. It was okay. The Dungeons of Navarone. It was released. The premiere was in April twenty seventh, nineteen sixty one, in London, and the Queen and Philip attended. Dang. That little little nerd alert. The United States premiere was June 22nd, 1961. So this summertime movie. Mm -hmm. Directed by J. Lee Thompson. He's a British filmmaker. The film he made directly after this was Cape Fear that we did with Robert Mitchum. Oh, wow. He also did Murder Without a Crime, Ice Cold and Alex, and Tiger Bay, just to name a few. It was produced and the screenplay was written by Carl Foreman, who he was blacklisted. He also did The Bridge on the River Kwai, High which Noon, we've done. High Noon, which we've done, and McKenna's Gold, and a bunch of other movies. Based on the novel The Guns of Navarone, which was published in 1957 and written by Alistair McLean, he was a Scottish novelist. Scottish. Scott from Scotland. He also wrote Ice Station Zebra and Where Eagles Dare, and both were turned into films, which I am very curious about now. Um, music was by Dimitri Tiumkin, who, gosh, we've done this guy so many times because he did Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, It's a Wonderful Life, High Noon, Rawhide, that theme song, he did it, The Gunslinger, The Alamo, Dial M for Murder, Giant, Rio Bravo, Gunfight at the OK Corral. The guy was a titan. Dang. A film industry titan. Titan. 
The cinematography was by Oswald Morris, who also did Lolita, Moby Dick, Goodbye Mr. Chips, The Wiz, and The Dark Crystal, to name a few. Hmm. Edited by Alan Obiston, who also did Footsteps in the Fog, A Touch of Larceny, and Tomorrow. The cast, Gregory Peck. He's about 45 in this film, in real life. He played Captain Keith Mallory. He was also in Cape Fear, To Kill a Mockingbird, The Boys from Brazil, Other People's Money, Gentleman's Agreement, and Spellbound. I mean, he's a icon of the industry. We have David Niven as Miller. He was also in The Pink Panther, The Bishop's Wife, Around the World in 80 Days, Please Don't Eat the Daisies, and Murder by Death. Anthony Quinn as Andrea. His real name is Antonio Rodolfo Quinn Oaxaca. He's Mexican-American. Are you kidding? Yeah. I always thought he was Greek. No, he's he's really Mexican-American. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. He was in La Strada, Zorba the Greek, Lawrence of Arabia, Viva Zapata, Nerd Alert. And this is a sad nerd alert. Just a warning. His first son, Christopher, drowned at age two in the lily pond of his neighbor, W.C. Fields. (gasps) Or did W.C. Fields push him in? Yeah, because I had to look it up because I first thought that W.C. Fields was Fatty Arbuckle. And I was like, whoa, this guy had such a tragic life. And then I was like, oh, no, they're different people. And then I read how W.C. Fields was known for, like, his persona was that of, like, not liking children. Yeah. So I was like, that's. Speaking of drowning, not going to jump ahead too much, but I'm surprised nobody drowned while filming this movie. Holy crap. Those right. scenes that we the- know of. My, I know. I sees were wild. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Man. Um, Stanley Baker as Brown. He was also in Richard III, Alexander the Great, and Zulu. Anthony Quayle, excuse me, that's Sir Anthony Quayle, was Major Roy Franklin. He was in Lawrence of Arabia, The Eagle Has Landed, Ice Cold and Alex, Everything You Wanted to Know About Sex But Were Too Afraid to Ask, which apparently is my favorite (laughs) film. Um... Nerd alert, in World War II, he was in Albania organizing guerrillas, resistance guerrillas, and was a major. So he basically was playing in this role what he really did in the war. (laughs) (laughs) James Darren as Papadimus. James Darren was quite a heartthrob at that time. He was the first person I recast, and I recast instantly. He was in Gidget, The Gene Krupa Story, Venus in Furs, and T.J. Hooker. Irene Pappas played Maria. She was in Zorba the Greek, The Trojan Woman, Antigone. Antigone. Nerd alert, she had a long and secret affair with Marlon Brando. Did she really? Yes. Tasty Tidbit was supposed to play Keith. Really? Really? Oh, 
No, he was, no, I'm sorry, not that role. Um, he passed <laughs> on the role of Corporal um, Stavros. Oh, oh, what an intense, what an intense Stavros yeah. he would have been. I'd believe him too. He's got that Anthony Quinn energy. Yeah. Gia Scalia as Anna. She was also in Tunnel mm -hmm. of Love, Four Girls in Town, and Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Nerd alert, she dated Steve McQueen from 1952 to 1954. Sad nerd alert, she died in 1972 at age 38. It was ruled accidental because it was acute ethanol and barbiturate intoxication, but her sister says it was neither suicide nor accidental. And her sister, Tina Scalia, was the woman in the laundromat in the film Midnight Cowboy. Oh, wow, how everything you centers see how, back. Did you see how I tied that all together? We got everything <laughs> in there. Like, maybe murder and yes. tied into a previous film. You're welcome. Well done. James Robertson Justice played Jensen and the opening narration. He was also in Moby Dick. Dr. Crippen, which I guess is a film based on that murder. And Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, to name a few. <laughs> I threw in that Chitty Chitty Bang Bang for you, Ma. Thank you. And, which I had to go back and look up and be like, wait, who was this character? Yeah. Richard Harris as Barnsby. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Barnsby was the guy who gave the speech, he was the Australian guy who gave the speech, like, yeah. we haven't got a bloody bomb big enough to smash <laughs> that bloody rock. I have That's the original Dumbledore, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it is. And yes, then, is. also I found what? out, uh, yeah, yeah, Richard yeah. Harris. in his name? Richard, Richard Harris. Richard Harris. He was in Harry, well, he was in Mutiny on the Bounty, The Sporting Life, Camelot, Patriot Games, Harriet Potter, Harry, Harry Potter. Harry Potter? <laughs> he was like the good Dumbledore, and then they fired him or something? Or did he, he died. Die? No, he died. Yeah. He, he died. died, and his family. Him, yeah, his family wanted Peter O'Toole to take over, but the insurance companies were like, Peter O'Toole? He's still <laughs> alive? Uh, no, we're not insuring that guy. We know about Peter O'Toole. And so, yeah. well, he's already, he was already, um, what, what is it? After you die, they embalmed. He was already embalmed. <laughs> so they had, um, Michael Gambon, he, um, filled in the role. But yeah, he is the original Dumbledore. His son, which I didn't know this, was Jared Harris. The guy that was in Mad Men and in uh, the, the thing that I, I love, Chernobyl. That's his son. That's Richard Harris's son, Jared Harris. Oh my God, I had no idea, but I, I see, a, I see a, a likeness. Yeah, the first, um, the king in the crown, Elizabeth's father, that takes over and ha he had the speech impediment. Yeah, that guy. And then I remember because when I was in high school, nerd alert, I loved the oldie station. I didn't listen to the contemporary music. I loved it. Yes. I remember when the song MacArthur Park came on because I was, I was like, 
I had both emotions at the same time of being like, this is one of the greatest songs I've ever heard. And this is one of the worst songs I've ever heard. <laughs> it makes absolutely it's no so sense. so long. It was so dramatic. It had, like, the recipe... Like, there's a line and in it about the, the cake and the recipe the was wrong. The cake and the icing and the rain. Yes. it. That's Richard Harris. Yes. <laughs> he did that. And now it and all I, made sense. Last night, I was like, it's so dramatic. Of course it's Richard Harris. I saw him um, live at Wolf Trap playing, um, <laughs> playing King Arthur in Camelot. Really? I did. It, he was really old then, but it was before Dumbledore. But yeah, because I had been in love with him in in college. MacArthur Park came out in college. Oh, man. All right. So those were the particulars. Well done. Well, it starts. The movie starts out with uh, a whole lot of writing. <laughs> and it was it was thanking Greece for um, being so hospitable as they were filming this. And it was showing uh, the Greek ruins with the voiceover. And and we hear that there are um, allied troops that only have a week to live because they're stuck on Kiros and they can't get off. And the only way to get to them was past the island of Navarone where these guns were. And the Nazis were coming in one week to kill them all. So I was like, this is basically a Dunkirk situation. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then I wondered, I was like, this at this point is when I started wondering, is this based on facts or and what did you find out well i, I continued to watch the movie and then we'll get to it in nerd alerts okay okay because because I, I was like huh i would have thought that like the british would have really uh piped up more about this i would have heard about it um and then we see uh sinking ships and we see the legend of navarone this is the legend of navarone and then the credits roll and we see an Allied airfield where a plane does a crash landing. And Gregory Peck uh, was evidently on that plane. He was playing um, Guys, major. What a landing. I'll, they did such a good job with that. It looked so real for me in like a little model airplane. It looked so good. I know. It just put me instantly. I'm like, oh, he just <laughs> yeah. went through that? Yeah. And he, yeah, and he gets out, and he's totally uh, there. No bruises. He was supposed to be British, Major Mallory, but Gregory Peck, nerd alert, couldn't do a British accent. Said he wasn't going to. He's forty five. You get, you take me how I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting this movie financed, guys. And he arrives in a jeep, and he meets Jensen, and. Uh, the Germans, oh, evidently the Germans had 10,000 pounds for his life. Like he was wanted, wanted by the Germans. And whoever killed him got 10,000 pounds. Um, and then they go into the war room because Mallory, Gregory Peck, thought he was going on leave. And then they go, oh, wait a minute, come into this war room. 
you're not going on leave because we have a job for you. Now, here are all the, the guys who had just tried from the air to take out the guns of Navarone. Mm-hmm. And then we have Richard Harris saying, uh, it's a bloody fortress on top of a bloody cliff. The bloody cliff overhang can't even see the bloody cave with the bloody guns. Haven't got bloody <laughs> bomb big enough to smash the bloody rock. That's the bloody truth. Yeah. It's a bloody eight times in 30 seconds. <laughs> Those and bloody great. to the British is sort of like fuck for us, right? I mean, bloody is a, well, this is Australian. I think it's it's like, uh, I remember there was a, uh, when I was in high school, we had an Australian drama teacher, and I would babysit her kids because she lived close by. And um, she her kids said bloody one time, and it was like her, her head did a 360. <laughs> you do not say bloody in this house. Anyway, 18 of their people had been killed trying to get, trying to bomb this mountain that had the guns in it. Um, the And then somebody goes, well, I, I have a way to do it. Fill a plane full of TNT and, you know, it's a suicide mission. Anybody want to just drive, fly that airplane into the and mountain? I, and I, at that point, I thought, man, it's like cultures are just funny because... The Japanese would have just yeah. <laughs> this would not have been an issue for them. This would have been taken away like weeks ago. Exactly, it would have been my honor. There would have been a fight for who got the right. Exactly, everyone would have stood up. Yeah. Um. So then Gregory Peck leaves the war room and he has a satchel handcuffed to him, and he's saying, "Why me? You know, why'd you pick me for this?" I know. It's it's one of those things where the briefcase and the briefcase has the handcuffs and the guy unlocks the handcuffs and then handcuffs it to you and uh, this meanwhile he's just crash landed he <laughs> thought he was gonna be on vacation now he's got it was just like yelled at by an Australian angry Australian guy now he has a briefcase handcuffed to him his seersucker suit is filthy. Huh. <laughs> And and he says, you want a seagull taxi driver, you know. So, OK, so they said, well, we picked you because you speak fluent Greek and German. You're a mountain climber. And oh, by the way, we're expecting you to go up the South Cliff and it's straight up. Oh, but he isn't just a mountain climber. He was like one of the world's greatest mountain climbers. But this was in his former life before, you know, war broke out. This was five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they say it can't be climbed and get me and my men over it. Mallory is looking at the cliff with a um, magnifying glass. It's like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? We have to go up here. And he's saying, uh, by the way, you're our last hope. If you can't do this, 2,000 of our men are going to die on Wednesday. So they get the team together. What a setup. Now we we have a mission. Now we have to, we found the one guy who may be able to get, and now it's like, no pressure, buddy. I was so in. I had no and, idea that this was the guns of Navarone. And you have to do it at night, by the way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
And you don't know this yet, but it's going to be raining and yeah. it's going to be slick <laughs> yeah. as hell. Yeah. And, and okay. like, I've watched the movie Free Solo. Uh, you're basically asking this guy to <laughs> free solo. To free solo and take a whole bunch of other people who aren't professional mountain climbers. Oh, and you haven't climbed a mountain in five years because that's something you just bounce right back into shape to do. Yeah. <laughs> that's like riding a bike. Sure. Okay, so his team is made up of himself and Corporal Miller. David, David Nevins. Nevins. Um, and then well, we okay, have- so Corporal Miller, like, because maybe let's break down, let's get nerdy and break down the characters. Okay, so David Niven, I actually had him confused with um, the dude for uh, Bridge Over the River Kwai. I did too. I had to look it up because they they both play the same. They're they're very British, very stiff upper lip, very um. But David Niven is sarcastic and funny and... Well, he uh, isn't a... He's a just... He's not a, um, like, soldier, soldier. He's more... He's the regular guy. He's a chemist. But he's really good at blowing things up. So that's why he has to come. He's not Mr. Like, soldier of fortune guy. He's Mr. Mm-mm. Nerdy Chemist who just happens to know exactly where to place explosives. And and when they introduced him, his claim to fame was that he was able to blow up like a building that was like right next to where a whole bunch of women and children were and nobody was hurt. He, <laughs> That's just how good he is. Uh, yeah, we have another explosion right next to something and nobody, it was like, really? Okay. No, but, but when he said it, I was like, oh, he knows his shit. He knows his shit. <laughs> But he has just enough muscles to hold his bones together. Yes, I mean, he, he's, he's, a, he's not, a nerdlinger. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, another claim to fame is that he was he was enlisted. He was not an officer because he didn't want to be in charge because he thought everything all oh, this was bogus. Yeah, just you know, he would have been into he would have been into indie rock. He would have been into punk. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And he didn't mind telling. Uh, officers that they were full of shit. Mm-hmm. But he was also the elitist. I, I really, I I got him. He, uh, he was basically Larry David. He made, he made a lot of sense to me. <laughs> okay, now we have the Butcher of Barcelona, uh, Brown, and he was an engineer and really good with a knife. Yeah, he just, he just could just, just kill people with knives. Just love to kill people with knives. Just poke them, stick them, slash them. He's the knife guy. Personal. And we have Spiro Papadimus, Papa, Papadimus, something Greek, and he is a born killer. Did he look like a born killer? Well, he was from where, like, he's the hometown boy, like, where they're going. He was from right. that town, but he was in America. And he just has that, that he's that young, thirsty, he don't care. It, he's not like the butcher, where the butcher has his knife play. This guy, he specializes in taking people out by any means necessary. Necessary, exactly. And, and he, they made him kind of like a creep. Like, he kind of sounded like if he this wasn't for the war, he might be a serial killer. Yeah, <laughs> and it is adorable, James James Darren. Hey, D- Ted Bundy, he predicted it. Uh, yeah, there you go. Okay, so these are pirates and cutthroats, everyone. So, 
six destroyers next week are going to be coming through that um, channel in between Turkey and Navarone to get to Kiros to get their twelve uh, their two thousand people off, and if those guns aren't down by then, those six destroyers are going to be sunk and those two thousand men are going to be dead, slaughtered. Um, we meet Anthony Quinn in a hotel room at, at, because uh, Mallory goes into the hotel room and he he has the gun on him. And he said it was so funny the way he said, I did not think I would see you again so soon. Like it was really. um, Because, but then we find out why. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, he's not happy. And um, he's, and so uh, Anthony Quinn is going, you know, that we can't do this. And um, um. Gregory Peck says, well, Jensen says that he's surprised if we'd even get halfway to Navarone. Um, okay. Yeah, it's basically, so then you meet, and then the, the guy in the back, after you know, he's made the, gotten the, the team together, been like, this is your goal, you guys can do it. They go out to do it, and then Jensen's back like, man, that's the last time I saw these motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just sent them to their death. Man, this job yeah. sucks. But they might. There's a chance. But, there's a, but you're saying there's a chance. Anything yeah. happens. They're yeah. pirates and cutthroats, everyone. Next day, uh, we see a plane. It's the first day of the mission. The team arrives. They talk about the plans. Anthony Quinn has an alternate route to get to the guns. Um, but then Anthony Quinn's talking to Mallory, but then he says, keep talking to Mallory because he hears something. And there's the little laundry boy, the Kurdish laundry boy who had been listening at the door. Oh, that's right. I guess he does. Count. Um, and then the major comes in major Baker and he's defending the laundry boy. Um, and, uh, Gregory Peck says, you arrest him and you keep him for a week. You have to promise to do that or I'm going to shoot the laundry boy and the major. Um, and if you don't do this, we'll call headquarters and you'll be on your way home as a private. Yeah, there's a lot of t- they. This is the first time where they set up a reoccurring theme in this film about are we going to kill somebody that... We probably, like, if our main goal is to win and we're not putting morals or ethics on it, we probably should kill this person. But what would that say about us and who we want to be as a society after this whole war thing? So that yeah. it's a reoccurring So it's pretty much the bill. Democrats saying, oh, no, 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 no. And the Republicans go and kill the motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Like, we want to win. What's, what's yeah. the goal? Yeah. And it seemed that the major was very fond of this little Kurdish laundry boy. Just saying, putting it out. Oh my gosh, you're you're throwing then that the major was in a homosexual sex ring with the laundry well, staff. He was extremely protective of the little Kurdish laundry boy. Are you saying it was his son? No, I don't think it was his son. How I think long? you had it right the first time. Now, um, day two, we have an airplane, and they go and they get a boat. And 
it's like uh it's like a Clive Cussler boat. Oh, it well, is. But who is the guy? Because I like the guy who was saying like, well, if you had told me, if you had given me a week's notice, I could have gotten you a German submarine, man. Like, <laughs> I, that guy, I love that guy. He was like, this is what you get. And they're like, well, we didn't know that we needed a German submarine a week ago. And he's just like, I'm just saying, like, this isn't on me. This isn't the kind of service I usually provide my clients. I'm, a, I'm capable of so much more. I'm a little offended that you've put me in this position. But it's exactly what Gregory Peck wanted. Yes. It's just a little fishy boat. But David Niven continues to tell him everything that's wrong with it. Yeah. Oh, by the way, you didn't ask, but I'm going to say, and I can't swim. So this boat better do the, do the job. And then... Um, was it the guy who, who gave him the boat that says, oh, special cargo and all that? What? Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the boat's in the water. Chug, chug, chug. Uh, the radio is working. But they say, uh, BTW, we have severe storms expected tonight. And when we say severe storms, <laughs> oh, we're yeah. not kidding. Oh. So the they pretend storm to be, is headed your way, guys. <laughs> they, yeah, this is the perfect storm. Um, they're pretending to be Greek fishermen, and a plane circles them. And then a little while later, a ship with a Nazi flag approaches, and we have duh, 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 dramatic music. And a German officer starts speaking English to them. Now, at the time, I thought... Oh, is this because we wouldn't understand what he was saying if he were saying it in German? No, they were really good about keeping the German German. And the Greek. And, Greek. Um, so, so he was, and then um, remember, Gregory Peck was fluent in Greek and German. And so he's like, I, I, I don't understand what you're saying. And he speaks in Greek and the, and the German says, lower the sails. And, of course, he has to use sign language with the crew because they don't speak Greek. <laughs> and the um, Germans come on board, and they are looking for, and then finally, uh, they just have to all die. Well, they're, I didn't they're, they're see just, that coming. I, I didn't either. That, was, that took a left turn. I thought they were going to play it cool and like not find anything. And the Germans, the Germans were going to sail away. Yeah, oh, Germans would be a real German in this movie. Just very <laughs> yeah. much like looking yeah, over everything. So rude. I mean, obviously they were hiding something, but like they were being so rude. They didn't have any right to throw their shit around. <laughs> Yeah. But I guess yeah. there's Nazis for you. Yeah, I know. They're it's the Germans, honey. That's the thing. Nazis are so disrespectful. Yeah. Like yeah. there's a scene later. I'm just like, this, this Nazis, so disrespectful. And I'm sorry, but your husband is half German. So there's that was like a, that was like a really big action scene. Yeah, and yeah. then it was it was James Darren because he was like mending a sail, but he had his machine gun under mm -hmm. the sail, and so he took them all out. And then um, they blew up the <laughs> German boat, which was right next to this little. Yeah. Thing. How did it not even get rocked it in kept, the water? It kept blowing up. Like that thing blow up. Like it, there was the <laughs> first one, so the third one. I'm like, this boat is still blowing up. 
Damn! Did Nevis do that? Poppy came to watch. That's his favorite part in the movie. Well, and then also it sets up this thing where, you know, the butcher, his thing was a knife and he was all like, yeah, I like it because it's close and personal. And he pooped the bed and his first outing and he had to get bailed out by uh, Ted Bundy boy. So... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he had the guy, he had the knife... But he just couldn't pull the trigger on it, as it were. Is that when we find, or is it later when we find out why he froze? Oh, it's later we find out why he froze. Later, but but now um, Gregory Peck is steering the boat, and the major Franklin. Yeah, yeah, Roy. Oh, broke leg. Yeah, Um, yeah, gangrene. Johnny got gangrene. (laughs) Johnny got gangrene. He's um up. And they're talking in the um, whatever that driving the steering of the, boat of the boat and the thing, you know, where the big wheel is. It's, yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm sure it's got a name. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, whatever. And this is where we find out why Anthony Quinn is gonna kill Gregory Peck. Well, we find out that he's. It, this was like probably my favorite scene in the movie. Just the way Gregory Peck is like, yeah, and when the war is over. Andreas is gonna kill me and then it cuts to Andreas full in the full squall and he's just pumping this thing like a madman in this storm and I'm just I had flashes back I'm like this is it's crazy that the next movie that this director did was Cape Fear because it was a real Cape Fear moment of just this guy just pumping away in the storm and you're just like yeah I believe that this man will kill you. He is the type of man that will be on a job with you now. And after this is over, kill you. Please tell me why. And they do. They do. And it's a horrible story. (laughs) Yeah. You remember they tell it right then. Because he did something. He like did something that not on purpose, but he caused the guy, Andreas's wife and kids to be killed. Because the, he we didn't mean to, he, right. he was following like, you know, wartime procedure and he was playing by the rules and allowing yeah. the Germans to come in and like take, I think to like take out their wounded, some, maybe not exactly that, but something like that. It where, was about wounded. Yeah. Soldiers. It was like wounded soldiers. And at the time they knew that Andreas, you know, was a revolutionary and he was on their most wanted list. And so they didn't even, they just came in, shot the wounded soldiers that were Nazis. Cause again, Nazis, very disrespectful. And then they went to Andreas's house and put a bomb in it. And Andreas was out on a mission, but they ended up killing his wife and his three kids. And it was because Mallory let the, was following like being a, the good guy and f- playing by the, the rules. rules or yeah. whatever. And Nazis like, yeah. we don't play by no rules. Exactly. And so, um, Gregor. And that was a yeah. year ago. And it had only been a year. This guy like lost his entire family. So, you know, he's in a stable, great mental place. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't now, but it was a little later. Because no matter what you ask Anthony Quinn to do, he was going to do it to the best of his ability, even if it wasn't the way you would have done it. And I just finished watching The Last Dance, and Anthony Quinn is Dennis Rodman. (laughs) Well, yeah. I I mean, yeah. Just, 
whatever he has going to do, he's going to do it. Yeah. He's going to take him, take you down. But yeah. So um, then Gregory Peck says to uh, Roy, the only way to win a war is to be just as nasty as the enemy. Mm. That's when he learned that, you know, you can't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So the boat is heading toward the rocks at the base of the island and the, the, storm is ridiculous they, they can't see anything I, they're trying I wanted, and they're, I wanted my dad to be honest because I had quite I know none of us are navy people and sailors and stuff but I was really curious as to how boats get steered in this kind of because this guy was like you know he had to thread a needle yeah, between these two rocks crazy. yeah and and the, and the the wind and waves are knocking the boat everywhere. And we we've all been in the ocean. How is he? I was like, there's no way they're crashing into this. Gregory Peck was steering the boat, and then the other guy came over and was and he was like, hey, do you want a break? And Gregory <laughs> Peck was like, yeah. And then he just made the other guy steer the whole rest of the way. Yeah. Like as soon as shit got bad, he was like, yeah, you can take over. Yeah. 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 And then they never took the wheel back. <laughs> yeah. They were, smoking, like, they were lighting cigarettes and handed them to him and give, give him coffee because he couldn't get his hands on I was like, I guess maybe he's the, like, he's the sailor. He's the ace. Because that's part of this thing is that everybody in the group has their thing. So I was like, oh, I guess he is the naval. Like, he knows how to steer and stuff. But then I wonder, how do they know that he knows how to steer and do all this? Has he ever been in a situation like this where he had to thread the needle? I don't think so. I, I was just, I had no idea. I, it's a boat and it's bobbing. And you're going to tell me that like there's just a rudder underneath. And when right. everything's pushing you this way into a rock, that that rudder underneath is like, mm, no, we're going to go this way. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm like, I don't think that, that, do we really have that much control? <laughs> no, no, I, got, no. I, I went we down a deep we philosophical <laughs> thought. So but we have so much water being dumped on them when they oh, are so oh, much and water. Then the, and then the, the 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 glass broke, it cut him. So then he had blood, salt water going into that wound. The blood and salt water are going into his eyes. And he's doing like we all have done it when you get up out of being slammed and you got the, and you got to go and you're only looking out of one eye and he still has to thread the needle cuz he's going through this I was like this guy this I guy. Know, I love this scene. Ma, you didn't like the sailing part? I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Oh. Lots of wind, lots of water. Uh, finally, they do crash on a rock. The mast comes down, and they have to hurry up to get everybody off and all the supplies off because <gasps> it looks like a tsunami. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to get slammed. coming. Oh, man. A huge wave. And they're like... Okay, so they have to get the whole crew off and they have to get off basically their essentials and they all have to be on the same page of what because they have stuff on there that's not essential and they have obviously the explosives to blow up the guns of Navarone. But oh, then it seems like they left some pretty essential shit on there. <laughs> the food and the medical <laughs> supplies. <laughs> but they, but what good would if they had survived then like well the explosives are down in the boat and we have plenty of food though guys <laughs> that's what i said uh so i at this point i did ask poppy aren't isn't the salt water gonna ruin the guns 
And he said they they would have had the guns in seal skin, which would have protected them a little bit. Oh, well, that was a lot of water being. That was a lot of water. Everybody's scrambling. The boat gets destroyed, and then they look straight up the cliff. But wait, that they have to climb. Adam, what about when they like, the big wave is coming? <laughs> you just hold on to the rock. They just all laid down. They just the laid out on the rocks. Because <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, they're all dead now!" Because they're all Man, getting pushed all into the water. They're going to be washed off that rock. Yeah. Well, no, they. they... Somebody off off stage just dumped a bucket of water. Yeah, on. I was like. Whoosh. But when they were unloading, it looked really dangerous for the actors in that studio or whatever. <laughs> like guys were getting swept under. Like they yeah. were carrying metal munitions boxes. <laughs> but they were like it looked like they were in real trouble yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i think that's those 1961 standards like yeah. osho wasn't like excuse us yeah. no that was that was one of my favorite scenes the whole sailing oh wow see that's how teeny and i feel when we're in the washing machine yeah, that's every time but that's exactly how it feels every time <laughs> and I nobody can. comes to help us we're on our own yeah, that's Thank such you. a lie. I always go to help. To Adam, I was like, well, I would never be able to get out of where they are, where the boat is crashed. Yeah, I've like, already get yeah. out of getting out of the ocean is the hardest thing. Yeah, yes. and they're all wearing um wool and cotton <laughs> in, in those heavy hiking boots. Yeah. Okay, but Gregory Peck, all forty-five years of him, he's he's climbing up that mountain and he's hammering those little those little spikes so in so yeah. that other people can climb after him. And then we have the the Jaws moment when the the <gasps> when you jump because of a seagull, Aaron. Oh yeah. Hmm. Well, I don't remember seagull. that. Oh man, because yeah. he's going up the rock and. And oh he, yeah, jumps out. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He puts yeah, his hands, he puts his in, a hand in one crevasse, and whoo, that bird came out. Scared me. I did jump. <laughs> um. So then he slips at one point. He catches himself. I mean, uh, can you imagine the sore muscles? Well, he okay. He ha- well, I'll get into it later. But he sir, like he. It hasn't even been, I think, twenty four hours since he did the plane crash. <laughs> yeah. Then he's in the the boat crash. Then he gets slammed. Now he's soaking wet and cold and climbing up a sheer mountain and having to put in spikes and everyone like the whole mission is on him and his climbing. Which I don't. I'm sorry. I don't look at Gregory Peck and think that man's a mountain climber. <laughs> at night in a monsoon <laughs> yes okay next person up is anthony quinn uh at which point um gregory peck is helping him because he gets up to a cliff part and he's trying to pull anthony quinn up and he slips and yeah. anthony quinn is holding him just by his arm he's dangling and and you the last time we left it it was it was that thing where Gregory Peck doesn't know. He's like, I don't know if he's going to wait for the wars over or just when he has the perfect opportunity to kill me, he's going to kill me. It's going to happen. And so, yeah. So, you, yeah. Uh, will he? Won't he? And then he's swinging toward the rope. It, it was very, it was very suspenseful. This movie is very suspenseful. Just when they are both about to go up over the cliff, 
a Nazi shows up. <laughs> Freaking Nazi. So disrespectful. So Anthony Quinn has to throw him over the side. Oh, and that was a great that was a great <laughs> one too. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Okay, so uh the others come up the rope somehow ex- except Major Bren Major whoever the major is. He's down there, I guess, tying all the supplies, so that could yeah. all be hoisted up before he comes up. Mm-hmm. And then well, now he's got so then he's climbing up. But keep in mind, he was the one that thread the needle, got them to the ship, has blood and salt water in his eye. So he he's having honestly, he's concussed already <laughs> and he's having to climb up this rock and he's got the salt water and blood in his eyes. So he can't really see he's concussed. It's raining. He's cold. So he slips and he's yeah. when he slips down, then his leg catches and breaks. It's like yeah. his he slipped down and his leg stayed straight and slammed right into yeah. the bottom. It was like Com- compound fracture. That looked like it shot out of the skin. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yuck. Okay. I mean, and wasn't he called Lucky? Wasn't his name Lucky? Well, because that in the there was a whole mention of it about how Napoleon when they would um when he was presented with people to promote, they would always give like, oh, they did this and this and this. And oh, Napoleon yeah, would yeah. always ask, yeah, but is he lucky? Because you can have all of the talent in the world and stuff. He And Napoleon, Napoleon he wanted the guy that was just lucky because he knew how war was. It's a lot of luck. Yeah. This is when we find out they lost their food and medical supplies. And... Um, Gregory Peck is taking over command because their commander is down with a broken leg. And David Niven says, oh, you are officially taking command, sir. So Gregory Peck goes to Knife Guy. Hey, why'd you freeze back there on the boat? You know, what's Mm -hmm. that about? And Knife Guy goes, I've been killing Germans since 1937. And... Then Gregory Peck does this thing. I didn't stop it to write it down, but it was like, well, who told you you could be moral in the middle of this war? You know, you don't get to pick and choose. Um, Your job is to kill enemy soldiers. Well, the patrol's phone is ringing. Because the knife guy, he said something about he got kind of like shell shocked by some kill and he decided that if he didn't have to kill somebody, he would try not to. to. So he would try to like maim them instead of not killing them. So the thing that he didn't say was like, yeah, I've been killing Nazis since 1937 and I'm a little fried and I have the PTSD, but (laughs) nobody knows that that's really what I have. So exactly. exactly. Like my mind is kind of like going on the fritz on me because maybe I shouldn't be just killing people. So many people. And then, yeah, it's it's very up close and it's very personal and it's kind of fucking me up a bit. So (laughs) I'm freezing. Or maybe, you know, switch your tactics, maybe get a little pistol. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But he's already committed to the butcher of Barcelona (laughs) bit. It's a little bit hard. It's like when Dylan went electric. Yeah. Okay, well, the Nazis' uh, phone starts ringing, you know, the guy who's over the cliff now. And uh, so um, Gregory Peck picks it up, and 
he doesn't know the the password and so an alarm sounds and the germans are running to their trucks so they uh they talk about the major and his issues so one thing we can do is take him with us uh his leg is broken in two places we can leave him here and um he'll tell the germans everything they want to know not because not because he's you know weak or anything but they'll give him basically the truth serum medicine where he won't he he won't have any control over it he'll just say what the plan is or the third thing is we could put a bullet in his head right now and andrea is kind of like oh what's the debate yeah exactly Dennis, i'm here to tell you so um, David Niven was very fond of the major and he is not having any of this leaving him behind or um, uh, the bullet to the head. He's going with us. Yeah, that was his best friend. And it has been an hour. Did we not hook you? There is still an hour and 38 minutes to go, but I was happy that I could stop taking notes. And just enjoy just enjoy a good old war movie. All right. So you've had, like, we're going to spoil it after this point. You've had your warning. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So now we are to people of color count. Remember, this is during World War II. Yeah. So really, there's none. Right. But. We do have Anthony Quinn, even though he's playing Greek, he is Mexican American. So I'll, I'll, I'll which point I have no idea. I know. Okay, I forgot, but the Kurdish boy is treated as an other, so yes, I'm is. putting him. And then Agreed. also, I thought that the Greeks were othered in this. Like you know, they were. I just felt that they were kind of othered, like it was them, you know, like it's us and them. I felt felt an otherness to them. So there were four Greeks. So I counted them as people of color. There were a whole lot of Greeks in the the marriage scene. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I just just in the the subtle in the subtle kind of way of like, oh, this Papa Demas and they're here and they had like their own language and stuff. And everyone was very greek looking mm-hmm. so i did i just i don't know how to describe it i just sort of since we've been doing the movie and, and looking at the way that other cultures have been portrayed i was like i feel that they're kind of being othered yeah well they so, were totally othered by the german by the nazis well yeah and they're you know not again nazis very disrespectful and the way that they were just like we're nazis so right right we we got this Mm-hmm. So that's what, so I guess the count is six, but it's, you know, I mean, there's no black people or Asians or anything. Right. Exactly. Because and, and when it comes to recasting, that's going to come back up. OK. Nerd alerts. OK, guys. OK. Buckle in. Buckle in. So this movie, I'm doing the wide release of June 1961. So leading up to that in 1961, Eisenhower delivered his last State of the Union address to the American people, and he warned of the increasing power of the military-industrial complex. That was 1961. Mm -hmm. 1961, John F. Kennedy was sworn in as the 35th president. 
Mm-hmm. He also established the Peace Corps. 1961, the 23rd Amendment to the U.S. Constitution ratify, was ratified, allowing residents of Washington, D.C. to be able to vote in presidential elections. That was 1961. So just a little bit of, you know, just to let people know, because I think a lot of people don't know that Washington, D.C. has taxation without representation on their license plate because residents pay federal taxes but do not have voting representation in Congress. And it is Congress who has executive jurisdiction over the District of Columbia. So... Good job, guys. That's fucked up. And um, uh, disproportionately African-American um, people living in. So so it's disproportionately African-Americans who are not allowed to have a vote in the yes. Congress. So, if, you know, if you want to protest um, your constitutional rights not being uh, followed... Why don't you give them to D.C.? Just saying. All right. Now it's 1961. So D.C. residents didn't even get to vote for Kennedy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The Bay of Pigs invasion in Cuba failed. Judy Garland gave her legendary Carnegie Hall comeback performance. Oh. Um, The U.S. Freedom Riders first started testing the U.S. Supreme Court's integration decision which was Morgan versus Virginia and Boynton versus Virginia that um, said segregated public buses were unconstitutional. Southern states ignored the ruling and the federal government didn't enforce it. So that's why the Freedom Riders had to get on buses from the north and go down to the south. So that started May 4th, 1961, Ten days later, May 14th, a bus was firebombed in Alabama and the people on the bus were beaten by the Ku Klux Klan. So, again, people following the law of the land. And then, um, after that, Freedom Bus Riders would be arrested when they got off of buses because they were the ones that were disturbing the peace. Mm-hmm. Because they got on integrated buses that were challenging because the Supreme Court said, hey, they're allowed, and... 1961, May 25th, John F. Kennedy, he announced the Apollo space program, and he said there will be a man on the moon by the end of the decade. And there was. Mm-hmm. And so that was leading up to when the guns of Navarone came out. And then, <sighs> okay, so this movie didn't really happen in real life. It's fictional. There is no Navarone. Right. But there is historical context of the Dadanese campaign. And so it started on September 8th, 1943 and went through November 23rd, 1943. And this was when the Allies tried to take over the Italian-held Dionysus and I apologize for butchering that pronunciation, islands. So Italy had had them, and Italy was part of the Axis power, and then Mussolini, who was an idiot. um, (laughs) Listen to dictators. You gotta listen to dictators, (laughs) because you're like, wow, this guy was dumb. So Italy had to surrender. Not as dumb as Trump. Following the surrender, 
you know, these islands were for grabs. And the Nazis are like, oh, fuck, man, Italy, like, damn, can't you do anything right? So then no. <laughs> they needed, so that there was a, you know, it was a big push and stuff. Um, but the Allies had no air cover, so it failed. And this was one of the last major Nazi wins of the war. And specifically, this is on, uh, based on the Battle of Leros. And Leros Islands is the, is had coastal artillery guns and they were among ah. the largest that the navy used during the war so that was kind of like the basis for it but then this just was like it was like a clive cluster book it's great yes yes um peter grant was credited as an extra and he so he was in this movie and he went on to be the manager of the Yardbirds, led zeppelin and bad company <laughs> oh, that was well funny. done um, this Navarone is fictitious. There isn't an island called Navarone, but on the maps and stuff, the maps that have the island that say it's Navarone is really the island called Antiki Ferry. Antiki Ferry. Ah, yes. ah. You know, sorry. And so this movie took place 18 years after the events of that battle. So it would be the equivalent of us today watching a movie that took place in 2002. I always wow. think that's interesting because it's like, oh, it's a, you know, for us, we're like, that was so long ago. But when this movie came out, it was the equivalent of us watching a movie that's depicting the actions of 2002. Which so would have been, well, that was just yesterday. Yeah. Depending on how old you are, you're like, that was just yesterday. Wow. Uh, and those are my nerd alerts. Okay, we, uh, Teeny, nerd alert? I had one. Only because if anyone else is dumb like me. Oh, no. Right. War. <laughs> I was like, why is he so about these rules about, uh, like, because he kept being like, oh, well, if we, if they find him, they have to fix him. If they find him, they have to heal him. Like, you know, the guy with the broken leg, gang green right. guy. Right. So I had to look up that. And I was got brought to the Geneva Convention of 1864, Article 6, that says, Wounded or sick combatants to whatever nation they may belong um, shall be cared for. Yes. And that was the way it stood in 1943. And then it was, again, like, amended a couple times after that. But um, I, I had no clue. I didn't know. I was like, this guy really has a lot of faith in the damn Nazis. But <laughs> it was a law. <clears throat> Yeah, but you're still I mean, having. I would have like followed that again. Yeah. we're dealing with Nazis who yeah. didn't follow. But any that's law. why. But that's why he had the whole talk with the guy, with the German guy that he ties up, and he's like, "I'm not like the SS guy. I'm not like the rest of them. Like, I'm yeah. a soldier, and I will follow the rules." Take care of yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was really nerd alert, but I did do some research into that. Nice. Well done. Um. Okay. Uh, reheatable. Um, well, the bad, I don't know if this guy was really Australian or not, but I did not like, I didn't think he had a very good Australian accent. The, you're, the you're, you're slandering Dumbledore right now. But it's true. He was far more British than he was Australian. I, yes. I wanted over the top Australian, <laughs> Outback commercial. Yeah. Just might. I the bloody oh. yeah 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 exactly really exactly. leaning into it so, like something so like that we would have put it on the battery heatables that it was so <laughs> yes. over the top it was so over the top yeah <laughs> um 
Nazis, just in general. <laughs> and the rock climbing scene, they had terrible rope climbing skills. And I know CrossFit wasn't a thing yet, but <laughs> just from somebody who has to climb a rope, use your feet. Why were they not using their feet around the rope at all? They were just climbing, doing legless rope climbs. <laughs> and then in the very last part of it, they just were shimmying in between the rocks. Why not throw the damn rope up there? I don't know. I just think they could have used a bit better technique during that scene. <laughs> she it. said it looked like they're, he's laying down. He's just crawling. Yeah, and the, he probably exactly was. was. I mean, yeah. They just had the camera. You, like, you could tell he was climbing on the damn ground. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah, none of them have the physique where I look at and I'm like, yeah, that guy knows how to look at him. He's just all muscle and you just know. He's just... Yeah. I will say that when Erin was swimming, she never used her legs and feet. She uh, look at her shoulders. <laughs> that's the way. That's the reason her shoulders are what they are. She would use only her arms to get her body through the water. She didn't know her feet could actually help. I mean, my feet. Are, they needed a break. They walk around all the time. I'm in the pool. They're like, "Hey, this is my time to chill. Let the arms walk us around now." <laughs> Uh, for my good reheatables. Well, wait, wait. We'll, oh. we'll, let's do all the bad first. Okay, okay. That's all my, I had a bad. Anthony Quinn had to take care of all of those Nazis coming up the mountain by himself. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's the distraction. Yeah. Yeah. That's what. That's when I said he's Dennis Rodman. <laughs> <laughs> I got and, it, guys. No, no problem. Um, Oh, actually, it's a good one. The time when um, Gregory Peck is is talking about the next um, the the plans for the the next part of this, and he calls the two women resistance girls. The girls are going to go and get us the fastest truck. Oh, they're women in the resistance. Call them women. But maybe, but then he was like, I don't, he didn't know. He was like, I don't want to presume that you're old. So he was, he, in his mind, he was probably having this whole debate of like, should I call them girls or should I call them women? I don't want them to get offended because I think that they're women. I don't want to, oh my gosh. I don't think he had that much angst. Yeah, they were just girls. And then really in the middle of this, there has to be a kiss. I mean, I, I didn't like that. I didn't either. I did not need it. And I looked at him. I was like, they don't even know each other. They like just fucking met and they're just going to kiss. Wait, like, who, who was, who was I it? I didn't buy that at all. Who was Gregory the Peck and between? Anna. Oh, when she, when they had like the, and she never said a word, but then she kissed yeah, him. That was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they set her up that she, like they, if you read between the lines, she, you're like, she's fucked up. I mean, they just basically insinuated. Yeah, she was not the kind of woman that was, but I believe would just be like, "Oh my god, I'm overcome with." Yeah, exactly. because yeah. she had just they 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 alluded to the thing that she had just spent a whole bunch of time being raped by Nazi soldiers. Exactly. So, so how is any sexual attraction gonna even? Yeah, like no. oh, he's a good guy. I can just tell now. No. Yeah, I, no. I don't know. I don't know, but. And then okay, Aaron, your negatives? Oh, okay. Again, like Nazis. Specifically, just how they, they're, this town, it's not their town, but they're just being Nazis, rolling up in the middle of a wedding, <laughs> stopping the wedding. 
yeah. to let them go. It's just, just. They, they were elitist. Just like, oh man, it's Nazis, man. Um, the way that they were holding the Sten guns with the clip is a no-no. You are not ever supposed to hold that. It, it messes things up. I had to read that. It's not like I looked and knew. Oh, the dirty seersucker suits. Oh, why? You're in a war zone. Things are crazy. I know it gets hot, but why a light suited fabric? It's going to show dirt. It, it, I was just like, the, 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 this is why they came up with tactical gear. Dirt colored, <laughs> lightweight, yeah. fast drying. Um, at one point when they were on the radio, somebody said Indians on the warpath. And I was <laughs> I like, didn't hear that. I understand that that's code, but is it code? Because everybody knows that you're talking like Nazis are coming in. So why are you talking in code? Because even... Like even a Nazi who knows English is gonna hear Indians on the warpath. Oh, they know we're coming. <laughs> like, I don't know. Some of their code language was a little like, guys. I guess this is why they needed the wind talkers, really, because yeah, they just couldn't exactly. come up with their own codes. Exactly. Um, I already said Gregory Peck is a climber. He's been off for five years. Go! Oh, you got this. No problem. No like warm up. Nothing. Didn't ever did like a pull up. Can you even do one? No. Who knows? And then his name, I guess this is kind of a nerd alert, was Mallory, and George Mallory was British, and he was one of the people that climbed Everest. So and he died climbing Everest. Yeah. So they gave giving him the name, the last name Mallory, especially for the British people who watched it. They're like that guy. He's mountain climbing royalty. And his partner, George Mallory's partner, was named Andrew Sandy. And then, so his initials were AS. And then um, Andrea, Andrea, Andrea. Oh, and Stavros. His, like, yeah, he had the same initials as George Mallory's partner. And then my last bad reheatable was when they got to the town. Anna changes into like a light colored blue dress and yeah I just and thought, then she's like stuck in that dress for the rest of the, i thought yeah I yeah awesome. why are you and then i wondered oh well she in the dress because if she wasn't in the dress then in that time in the town everybody would be like oh she's a revolutionary like the nazis would know but then the nazis would already know because like she got passed around all of the nazis in the local fortress so they all know so i was just like yeah she'd already been outed why isn't she wearing, you know, pants? pants. Easy I tell. felt like she was trying to blend in with the wedding. Oh, you know, yeah, the wedding. Yeah, wedding she people. was, but they, but the Nazis all knew her. Yeah. You know what I true. mean? Like they, because she had been captured and tortured and who knows what else. Well, at this moment, we do have Poppy with us. If you want to ask him about the boat and the ability for the boat to steer in the storm. Yeah, how do you how do you steer a boat in a storm like that to thread the needle? Is that just movie? Cue the crickets. Oh, okay. He's army, not navy. <laughs> yes, so there that, you go. That's true. He's not a sailor. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Well, thanks for nothing. <laughs> okay, so we're to positive reheatables. Mm-hmm. 
Miss Christine. Also, I forgot about one of my negatives. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. Did they have little kids draw them the maps? Andrew <laughs> 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 looked like when I'm trying to show Adam like where something is parked, and I'm like, oh, well, I was doing, it. you know, I don't know. I'm not. Yeah, they were very so rudimentary. What their maps look like. That's true. I have something on the maps and tasty nuggets. I did read that it was drawn by an actual animation person. Mm -hmm. so They're maybe an animation why. company. Hmm. Um, well, maybe they should have gotten someone in the military. <laughs> um, so for positive reheatables, this is also a quotable. When well, I don't now, like, every time I write these down, I'm like, oh, I'm definitely going to remember who oh, said that. Yeah. Um, but somebody said, well, there's the tea. And now it's like, every, that's like the lingo now. Everybody says, oh, there's, there's the tea. Oh, I think it was probably David Nevin. It That sounds like something that he would say. Yes. I think it was the guy that was showing them, um, that was like telling him his mission. Oh, maybe oh, the Scottish yeah, guy. He was like telling him everything that's happening and what's going to happen and what he needs tea. to do. And he's like, well, there's the tea. Oh, that's yeah, that I, yeah, that's true. And now everybody does and say now that. now everybody's saying that. Um, uh, there was some very nice Greek furniture, like some side tables and some nice little wicker chair moments that I really appreciated. Uh, what does this say? Oh, I was playing a game of, is this a fake sailor in the 1940s or an Urban Outfitters employee because of their <laughs> outfits? <laughs> they have their, That's funny. Of beanies and their sweatsuit, their sweats folded inside of their boots. Yes. They were very fashion forward on the boat. Um, <laughs> and then I put the first Nazi boat blow up as a positive reheatable. Yeah. Yeah. It just kept, kept blowing up. up. Yeah, it just kept blowing up. <laughs> and then the Greek lady's eyebrows. Oh. She had great eyebrows. Great full Greek eyebrows. Yeah, yes. Maria. Maria. They're, no, they're, they're, they're very good at scowling. Yeah. No, Maria. Maria, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Maria. Yeah. Those are my positives. Mm -hmm. uh, my positives, Greece, just being able to see Greece. Yeah. Oh, man. I'd like to go to Greece sometime in the winter. Um, I love when Maria slapped her brother. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you didn't see that one coming. Yeah. Um, I love that they showed the women of the resistance or the woman of the resistance. <laughs> spoiler alert. Well, she was, I mean, it is spoiler. She was, she just talked because she didn't want to get beat. So she just told them everything she knew. Um, that Johnny got gangrene. <laughs> yeah. yeah <that> was <laughs> I mean, that's a positive and a negative because I'm sorry he got gangrene, but Johnny both of us looked gangrene. at each other and said, Johnny got Johnny gangrene. Got and this is a hot take, Ooh. but the Nazis had good-looking uniforms. Oh, that's not a hot take. Everyone knows that. They the had... gray and the black. I mean, they. I'm sorry. They did look fantastic. It, it's it's horrible to say, but you have to be honest. They had great tailors. It just yeah, looked fantastic. Probably their tailors were mostly Jewish men who then had to go to the camps and then oh, still course. make their uniforms in the camps. But Yeah, but remember, 
the ones that were more that probably got your attention was like the generals uniform right it was the high guys the, the lower echelon jokers they were there yeah yeah but the dude with the red lapel yeah and they were fitted beautifully oh too. yeah okay i mean that's yeah yeah it's sad, but it is. It is I think honest. We're somewhere around in there. Christine, Christine turns and goes. Didn't Hit, didn't Hitler have black hair and brown eyes? Yeah, I was like, hmm, Hitler didn't have blue eyes and blonde hair. Yeah, he and he wasn't German. He was Austrian, and he was like part Jewish or something. But his hair was straight. When we were at the Holocaust Museum, remember how they had hair samples? They had a thing, you know, how you go to a nail salon and they have the the different colors laid out? Well, they had different hair samples laid out for what was acceptable as far as curliness and what wasn't. So he had straight hair. So oh, he was. I don't remember because I just remember like none of me is acceptable here. So yeah. <laughs> it was a very depressing day. It's not like I'm looking through it being like, oh, I made the cut. <laughs> no, none of you made the cut. Not not a part of you. I'm all from, in. The, yeah. from the pamphlets. Teeny and Ma are, excuse us. Yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah. be on the other side. No, I don't know them. I don't know why they know my name. I don't know why they know my name. I, I, don't, know. <laughs> I don't know them. I've never seen them. Excuse me. I'm, uh, uh. Or, oh, okay, mine. Um, I love the adventure, the suspense. Um... The boat when it threaded the needle, the wedding scene, the elevate, like at the very end with the whole thing with the elevator, and, the how elevator. Just, and and just basically rest in peace, Kai Clusler, because this reminded it was like this is Juan. This is basically just a Juan mission. Especially when I found Down out that it was yeah, that, yeah, because yeah, when I was watching it, I didn't know if it was truth or whatever. And then <clears throat> when I started doing my homework, I was like, oh, it's just completely just action. It's such just a wan adventure. And those books, I, w- I was resistant to them for many years. And then I started reading them and they're just great fun. Like if you if you like this movie, you'll you'll like the books and stuff. It's the same kind of thing. Hmm. I guess I'll have to pick one up. Um, I thought that it was like when you said that they were all the cast was all too old for this movie, and I wondered, and I was like, well, I guess there were, you know, when the war broke out, there were like people in their thirties that had to serve, right? The military, right? And, it's true. Um, but then also, you know, it's just good to see these guys. Let's see. Germans using oh yeah when the I read this in an article but I think it was on TMC or something it was pointed out to me but at the very end when they know that the guns of Navarone have been infiltrated and they're looking for the the terrorism and stuff and they're doing they're using mine sweeps but they're <laughs> using it over railroad tracks and yeah. so it was pointed yeah. out that like you're not going to get anything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, way to go. That's why y'all lost the war, geniuses. Um, I also have the nuts. It could have been like, they could have had in-flight missile repairmen. I don't get it. I know. I don't either. In-flight missile repairmen. They're on the missile repairing it? 
<laughs> Think about it. <laughs> oh, they're riding the missile, repairing it as they as they. Yeah. Well. Hmm. Uh, hmm. Um, I love the scene, the boat scene where he's like, "Yeah, after the war, Andreas is gonna kill me." And they're just like, well, "Excuse me." <laughs> and, then, and then, um, I don't know why I have this as a good. It was like it should be my battery heatable. All the mountain climbing when they're climbing in damp cotton and wool, just weighing <laughs> them down it has to be chafing their skin. Nobody has hmm. gloves. Yeah, you know, chalk. chalk gloves, but they're just, just all of the. I mean, just the whole hygiene of the whole scenario. Ooh, hygiene. Let's you know? not even go and then there. They had to, then they had to put on the Nazi uniforms and just man. But it was the it was a a positive negative reheatable when one of them put uh, smelled the uniform and was like whoo. Yeah, and when Nivens made fun of their underwear, yeah, <laughs> he was like savages. Okay, quotables. Hmm. I guess I had a positive reheatable. Oh, I'm sorry. All of the um, all the sets were really cool. This looked like a high budget uh, movie. Mm -hmm. I have a tasty tidbit about all, all that. All the sets well, I guess I'll really, share it now. Like, uh, detailed, like even when they were loading the guns, like that was a huge set. Yeah. Oh, oh, like everything with the water, the, the water tanks, the how they shot the sailing stuff. Everything was really cool. Well, they originally had a $2 million budget. Whoa. But it quickly rose thanks to the rigors of location shooting. Some, sh some of the locations were only accessible by donkeys. And they had to hire 1,000 Greek soldiers to play the German army. So the budget increased to $6 million. Ah. For $6 million. And they did win. They were, they didn't win. They were nominated for um, a special effects. Uh, yeah, they should have won. So, rightfully so. Mm -hmm. No, they did win. That was the only one that they won. They were the only Best Picture nominee to also be nominated for Best Special Effects. Mm -hmm. oh, that was the one that they won. And you can tell now that when you're looking at it, but I think it still holds up just as good as some movies that you see from 10 years ago. Or oh, like, yeah. Oh. I don't know. It's like it passed that part where acting started to be a little bit believable, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... Okay, well, I got quotables. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, well, you already talked about it, but I just thought it was funny because in my notes, it looks like I wrote, I was like, what is the bloopy monologue? But it's the bloody <laughs> monologue. <laughs> the bloopy. Bloopy. Uh, well, there's the tea. Um, and then Commodore Jensen, this is a long one, but he said, anything can happen in war. In a war. Slap in the middle of absolute insanity. People pull out the most extraordinary resources, ingenuity, courage, self-sacrifice. Pity we can't meet the problems of peace in the same way. Yes, that mm, was a good, a good one. one. Mm -hmm. um, one time the butcher just said, I'm tired and I'm fed up. <laughs> and I like that one. I feel that. Yeah. Aren't we all? Uh, the one, uh, the line about the undies. He said, not very hygienic. Shocking taste in undies too. <laughs> 
And I liked when they put on the Nazi uniforms and the one guy just said, Heil, everybody. <laughs> hey, everybody, Heil. There'll be 1,000 wars and there'll be one. There will, there's been 1,000 wars and there'll be 1,000 wars until we kill everybody. Yeah. yeah. Niven. And I didn't get this, but when he was about to call out what's her name for being a traitor, and he was like, somebody stepped on the cake. Parties over. Yeah, he said parties over. Somebody stepped on the cake. It's a birthday cake and somebody stepped on it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just wrote down Schnell because. My dad used to say that to me about 50 times a day. His dad, I don't know if my dad's company when I was growing up was German. And so he spent a lot of time with Germans and like in Germany. And there are very few words that he really knew, but when he would tell me to schnell all the fucking time. <laughs> I always heard that. Schnell. So those are my cordials. Excellent. Well, that means fast, right? Hurry up fast yeah, yeah let's go, go. yeah i don't know why he would say to me in the morning <laughs> mom uh, would say that mock chanel mock chanel <laughs> maybe it was poppy there was it sounds like you're yeah father. that does out in the um, streets <laughs> well david niven had the the quotables but he where were they when he said think there's a fire escape here Oh, and they were in the the because they were relaxing. They went to go take the the guy with the broken leg. They went to take him to the doctor, and then the three of them were just uh, yes. having coffee. And then they get surrounded by the Germans, and he's like the fire escape. And then the <laughs> yes. the mute lady in the dress has to put on her shawl, and it's like, no, we'll escape this way. But she can't talk because because well, she knows? doesn't speak the language she's supposed to speak. <laughs> no, I thought she really was Greek, but that she didn't talk because she had already talked. Like she literally spelt spilled oh, okay. all the beans. Maybe I was I was more skeptical that she was just okay. Um, David Niven was uh, really upset with um, Gregory Peck for Did how you, he wait, used. Are you into the tasty nuggets or are we? No, I'm into quotable. Oh, sorry, sorry. So I'm about to, I'm setting up this quote. Sorry, my bad, my bad. Um, because he had whispered to the major false information so that when they gave him the truth drug, it would be false. And David Niven didn't like that. So David Niven said, I just hope before this job is over, I get a chance to use you the way you used him. Oh, uh, yeah. Snap. And that's the T. <laughs> that's the T. Um... You got me in the mood to use this thing, and by God, I'll use it on you. Oh, with the gun? Yeah, yeah. My favorite is, so he does that. It cuts to Nevin, and you just, and he says, I mean it. And when it cuts back to Gregory Peck's face, I die laughing because it's the greatest, it's one of the greatest I mean it faces I've ever seen. <laughs> It cuts back. He, he, you don't see him say, I mean it. It cuts back to him. And he's just wild eyed, but he had delivered, I mean it, very like, you know, like uh, calm. He's like, I mean it. And then he walks off. I was like, man, that motherfucker means it. He means it. And yours? Mine. Okay. He's going to kill me when this war's over. 
Somebody at one point mentioned something about Anglo-Saxon decency. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I was like, but, um, hello, Nazis. <laughs> so they're very disrespectful and Anglo-Saxon. Extremely Anglo-Saxon. So, okay. Um, David Niven says, you may find me fastidi- fastidious from time to time, but if I didn't make some rather bad jokes i'd go out of my mind and I'm that like, rang true with me at this that's particular me. time <laughs> i've got some hot takes that's why i'm not on the twitter <laughs> um oh and he says sir i've inspected this boat and i think you should know that i can't swim yeah <laughs> and then i like this one maria says this to her brother about anna um she got us those guns and she kills without mercy. You are very lucky, brother. Because she was like, if you had been anyone else, she would have killed you. Yeah, yeah. You're, we're lucky that you just happen to be a sociopath killer yourself, apparently. <laughs> so those are my quotables. Excellent. Okay, um, LVPs. Oh, the least? Mm-hmm. Mine, other than the Nazis. Yeah, I guess mine's the Nazis. <laughs> I also put the map. Oh. Yes. Yes. I put the Greek woman's mustache. Oh, wow. She's, in, she's fighting for freedom, Ma. She doesn't have time to get waxed or bleach. She doesn't have Jolene's bleach. Yeah, she can, she does not care about her mustache. She is trying to ensure freedom for her people. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry, I can't freedom fight, guys. My roots are showing, so you're gonna have to go get somebody else to help you. I will, I will defend my country when I can defend my roots. <laughs> wow. And yours? Mine was Nazi security. You have these guns who are impenetrable. And yeah, it, it was just, they were just able to just, I felt way too, I mean, they did do a good job of their whole plan and stuff. But then like once they got inside... Like, there's nobody. You pull everybody from the guns. That makes no sense to me. So I would say Nazi. Yeah, my, my feeling was they just thought, you know, their ingenuity of putting these guns in this impenetrable. Yeah. Like, <laughs> base. I mean, but that's yeah. why they're Nazis and they lost. So because somebody obviously the person who was in charge of security was, you know, just methed out of their mind. Too, yeah. uh, too, way too many drugs. Okay, MVPs. I have a runner-up and an actual. Mm-hmm. My runner-up is Keith's cigarette because oh. he held that damn cigarette in his mouth and talked and he drank, so and good. I'm pretty sure he went through the whole boat crash with that cigarette in his mouth, and it never fell out. No, the ash never got too long. <laughs> but... My main MVP is Greece. Yeah. Yeah. It was beautiful. Well, that's what, when you're watching this, I made the note like, oh, this is why I always hear about the super rich people with yachts. Like, that's where they go to yacht. 
And you see it, and you're like, wow, look at those beaches. There's all these islands. It was all yeah. blue. And, and then plus just the history of Greece. I mean, we like to, you look at the history, like, you know, Europeans poo-poo the history of America because, what, 200 years, maybe 500 years, and, you know, England's like, whatever, to look at us. But then Greece is like, excuse me. <laughs> Hello. Created Western civilization here. You may know of our mythologies. So. And just everything looks fun. Like the wedding. I have a friend who's Greek and they, she and her, she married, like has a Greek husband and they go to Greece every summer. And so like the summer's there oh. and just like they have those weddings where everybody just throws money at you and stuff. And- <laughs> that, oh, and Uzo. I like Uzo. Yeah, they got the Uzo, the bottles is chilling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. My MVP was David Niven. That was my MVP as well, Ma. Just especially the beginning him. through the boat. I'm like, David Niven's the MVP of this. Look at this guy. Oh man, you guys aren't gonna like my recasting. Oh, oh maybe we <laughs> maybe we will, maybe we will. Well, what's but next? Our two recasting, oh. so well, I didn't do every everybody in the I movie. didn't either. But I did Captain Keith. This is kind of this is kind of a a pop fly. Mm-hmm. Maybe because we've been watching Defending Jacob, but I went with Chris Evans. Ah, uh, oh, yeah. Captain yeah. America, you know. Yeah, but, that's good. But yeah. And then um for Colonel Andrea, what was his what was his name? Stavros? Anthony Quinn. Stavro, yeah. I went with Danny Trejo. Oh, that would be good. Who did I? No. <laughs> I did. Yes. You would have been so good. <laughs> um, and then for the butcher, I went with Tom Hardy. Oh, oh perfect. And now for Corporal Miller, I went with Polly Shore. Wow, Polly Shore. <laughs> Comedic relief. Yeah. But maybe he could deliver some of those lines. I don't know. He looks kind of like him. I see that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. Wow. What a take. I would go see that movie. Wow. That's funny. That's, yeah. Well, I only did Gregory Peck, Anthony Quinn, and David Niven. And we already know my Anthony Quinn, because I said, who would be the Dennis Rodman (laughs) of the group? Danny Trejo. Well, my David Niven, Mm -hmm. Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, that's a really good one. That's good. Yeah, that's good. It's really hard coming up with these. Yeah. And, and, but sometimes you uh, like sometimes you just can't, and so you just put names oh, down. And I got then you think I got two it. of mine like right off the bat when I first saw them. I'm like, oh, that's that, and that's that. Well, my my Gregory Peck is George Clooney. Yeah, that would be good. Those, Those oh, were the only ones I did. All right, so because yeah. you couldn't do a cast of color because hello, yeah, it's World War Two. They'd be like, oh, it's all of the black people. Yeah. Mm, yeah. At this wedding, who are the um the um 
traders. Mm-hmm. Oh, there, there they are. So for my brown, who is the Barcelona butcher, I cast Will Forte. Wow. I, I thought he looked like Will Forte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For my Papademus, like just right off the bat, he was the first person I cast. I'm like, oh, that's Zac Efron. Oh, yep. Oh, yeah. That's easy. For my Andrea, I cast Diego Luna. Because I was like, oh, he's like Anthony Quinn, but way younger. Good old Diego Luna. Yeah, you've seen him. He was in, well, he's in like Narcos. He's in Itumama Tambien. Uh, yes. He was uh, in. Oh, he was in. Wasn't he in like the Star Wars movies? Rogue yeah, he was in Rogue Ready One. Day, apparently, the 2004 version. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've seen him. You're like, oh, okay. him. Um, for Miller, the David Nivens. I went with Jamie Bell. <clears throat> Billy Elliot. He was also in Rocket Man. And oh. he was in that show, what was it, Turn? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 Thought, yes. I thought maybe like, you know, he needs a little mustache and he could he could be all fancy and proper. It's not as good as I realized Benedict Cumberbatch was who I was really looking for, but it eluded me. And then my Mallory I, I think Chris Evans is the best choice, but mm-hmm. I couldn't think of him. I went with John Hamm. Oh, oh yeah. That would yeah. totally work. Mm-hmm. That would be good. Yeah. Totally. That was my cast. Okay, well done. I enjoy that. Tasty nuggets. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we already talked about it was the only best picture nominee that also was nominated for best special effects. It was also the only best picture Oscar nominee to not be nominated for any of the actor categories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you talked about George Mallory. We talked about the budget. Um, James Darren has fewer than 10 lines of dialogue in the movie. And oh. he was on his hu- also on his honeymoon during the filming. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, I'll, I'll be back in uh, about uh, 48 hours. Just got to go do some work now. Yeah. And I think that was, I think I've covered all the rest of my tasty tidbits. Nice. Excellent. I didn't. F- I did ask Poppy why the bomb dudes wore the the little tiny white capes and hoods because mm-hmm. it didn't seem like it was very protective. But I didn't find that out. I don't it remember like what his answer was me because it was snowing. I thought it was also like just a heat shield because the those guns That's were so big that I mean the fire that went out and they were Nazis, so they didn't really care about. You know, none of the officers were in there, but they couldn't right. have everybody leave, fire the guns, and then go back in. So they're just like, well, we'll just kind of like put, you know, cover their head and shoulders. And head and shoulders, be yeah. fine. I'm sure. I'm sure none of them got cancer or anything. Yeah, well, uh, who cares? They're Nazis. Uh, Private Brown was one of the most popular British stars at the time. And he took this small role because he wanted to be in an anti-war screenplay by a, the blacklisted writer. Yeah, that was um, Sir Anthony Quayle, I believe. 
Yes. Yeah, he was like a big star in England. Uh, David Niven was a non-smoker. This is the only film that ever showed him smoking. Mm-hmm. And um, I think you mentioned that he was really a commander in um, Special Recon uh, behind enemy lines during the war. David Niven was? That's what uh, that's what I read. Oh, probably another guy. I mean, all of these guys were in the war. Most David Niven originally felt like he was too old and that he was a, he was miscast, but he said he felt like it was one of his best performances. Yeah. William Holden was offered the role of Mallory, but he felt like it was too similar to Bridge Over the River Kwai. It and it would have been. I think he was right. Yeah. David Niven wore his light infantry cap that he wore in the real war. Oh, nice. I know. I like that. Uh, we said there's no Navarone in real life. Um, Gregory Peck, who was supposed to be fluent in Greek and German, had to be dubbed because he just couldn't do it. And I could tell he was dubbed. Yeah, he was dubbed by Richard Wrighty. And Richard Wrighty did a lot of directed a lot of ADR which is the additional dialogue so if you're on set and there's a lot of wind and blowing and stuff you're not going to get the greatest audio so they'll come back with the footage and they'll put it up on a screen and you're in front of a microphone and so then you have to try to match exactly how you said what you said to make it dubbed and correct and he is responsible for he would always cast the young Catherine Zeta-Jones to do ADR work. And so he recommended her to whatever Goldwyn, Samuel Goldwyn, was in charge. And that's how she got her big break. So he's responsible for giving us Catherine Zeta-Jones. Um, was her big break Zorro? Uh, I mean, that was her big like Hollywood break. But he was always oh. doing like voice work for her. And then he put in oh, okay. the, the good word. So I thought that was interesting. The Greek royal family were actually in the cafe scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, no way. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. They were really into it. Um, David Niven was hospitalized seven days after filming because he got really sick. When they were filming, when he was in that pool of water. That was in the <laughs> elevator, and he's. I think it's when he was putting the bombs and stuff. The grease, yeah. Yeah, because, you yeah. know, they shoot films out of order and stuff. So I think they shot this kind of maybe midway through, and he was he got so sick and hospitalized that, that he put the production in jeopardy because they didn't know if they should just close it down and collect the insurance money or if they should recast or if they could, because he had so many other scenes that he had to reshoot. Yeah. And he was able to get better. Like, he almost died. Yeah. And he was able to get better and finish. I'm glad because he was good. Um, Gregory Peck felt like he was miscast and Mallory was supposed to be British. Somebody called it um, the elderly gang goes to war. (laughs) Boy, you watch it now. It's not like they... I think, like, in the 60s it would have been because... Like, th- yeah. like, think about it now when you see Brad Pitt and like, he still looks fantastic. Yeah, like 40s is the new 
20s now. Yeah. So you're like, oh, he's not. And you also like we've also seen the entirety of all of these actors careers. So we know what Gregory Peck looked when he was really old. So when you see him when he's 45, you're like, oh, he's that. But have you seen? I didn't have that thought at all looking at them. I didn't either. Have you seen what Gregory Peck looked like as a like in his 20s? Was he a hot alert? Smoke show. <laughs> What's his name? Gregory Peck. I almost uh, googled Oliver Peck. Had <laughs> <laughs> two artists, oh, right? With the show. Yeah. As Teeny said, the rock face was actually filmed on the floor because I could not oh. climb that rope in gym class. I could not climb the rope in gym class, and I just kept okay. Um, this was one of the most expensive movies ever made. Mm-hmm. Rock Hudson was considered for Mallory, bringing it back to Pillow Talk. Ooh. And James Mason was originally James cast Mason? as Miller. James Mason as Miller? James Mason. We could have had James Mason as Miller? We could have, but it wouldn't have been as good. No. Those are my recasting. I mean, my... T- Tasty nuggets. All right. Mine are. So the director was a last minute replacement for Alexander McKendrick. He also hmm. he directed The Sweet Smell of Success. He was fired by Carl Foreman over creative differences one week before shooting began. Oh, wow. So the director that came in on this was like, yeah, well, this movie's all ready to go and we're, we begin shooting in a week. So here you go. Wow. It's like it's it's very daunting. Um, it, it was a hell of a movie to direct. Yeah, Niven's role was written for the, an actor named Kenneth Moore, who is a famous English actor. But the studio that he was signed with, Rank Studio, refused to um, let him like loan him out. Good. And it's weird how like if it had been in the sixties, we would be like Kenneth Moore. But I didn't know who Kenneth Moore, but I know who no. David Nevins is, so it's weird. Um, the Greek islands where they shot it, Rhodes, Anthony Quinn loved this so much that he bought land there, and there's still an Anthony Quinn Bay. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. And they also shot on the island of Gozo in Malta. I think we should all go to Greece some winter. Ooh. It looks I don't fantastic. want to go in the summer. Although I do hear they're having a bit of uprising, so I don't. We'll, yeah, we'll there's true, and their economy and, is shit. We'll have so. to vet and see how well three of us out of the family will be accepted. Oh, Christine and I could have a great time. It seems like that may be your <laughs> vacation area. Okay. We'll, see. well, there's that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> huh? <laughs> <laughs> I missed some. I didn't hear what you said except for me and her, and then I was like, what? Why would we have a great time? Because we're white. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we don't know. I don't know. I don't want to besmirch Greece. I just saw like a few stories and it, it's, it's like on my radar of like, oh, but also I'm an American. So, okay. <laughs> I can yeah. deal with a certain amount. It's every day. <laughs> um, the USS Slater, one of the ships and the, you know, when you see the, the ships going, the convoy it's preserved in a mu- and it's a museum ship in albany new york huh. yeah. mm-hmm. um 
We already said how he couldn't. The maps were by Hollis and Bachelor. Well, they need to work on their drawing. <laughs> They're actually a really famous um, husband and wife animation company, and they've done a, a lot of animation. And I was like clicking on it, and I was like, oh, I see their style. It's very yeah, 60s. It's not war style. It's not yeah. war style. Yeah. So. This was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Sound Mixing, Best Original Score, Best Film Editing, Best Director. I already said how it won Best Special Effects. It was also nominated for Best Picture, along with Judgment at Nuremberg, Fanny, The Hustler, and the winner, West Side Story. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll have to do that sometime. Mm-hmm. And there's a sequel of The Guns of Navarone called yes. Force 10 from Navarone. And it was directed by Guy Hamilton, who did a lot of James Bond films. And it starred Robert Shaw, Harrison Ford, and Edward Fox. Huh. I wonder um, how that was. I never saw it. I don't know. It, it, people are like, it exists. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. Why, you, why do that? I, well, he wrote... Like, he wrote it as a book, so I don't know, like, what all changed or whatnot and what have you, but I really enjoyed this film. Me too. One more tasty nugget. Mm -hmm. Something came up on my feed about David Niven's memoir, and he's written a couple. Um, Because he was friends with, like, all those... You know, Peter O'Toole, yeah. Richard Harris, and, you know, those those were some fun British dudes who like to have a good time. And it said it's a really fun book about old Hollywood. So I thought, oh, okay, I'll get it. You know, we could. it's a great beach read. $900. What? Yeah. Yes. And then there was another one for what, Erin? I sent you that link. It was like like in the hundreds, yeah, though. Yeah, it was like weird and ungodly amount. It, it, it was just one of those weird things where you're like, huh? This doesn't... And, it, what, and is it five, out of print? Uh, like, I, cu- I couldn't even get it on Kindle. And then like 500 something dollars for a paperback. So, uh, yeah. It makes um, it that, sound like it's a weird, it's out of print kind of thing, which doesn't make sense. I know. Because you can get it, but you have to spend $1,000. So we'll not be reading that at the beach this year. Yeah, that's fine. I'm fine. Yeah. I'll be, uh, okay, Nevin. I'm sure <laughs> you're dropping grand pros left and right. I don't think so. But and the that's other one's the worth that. It was just that one. Yeah. Okay. It was so, weird. That is The Guns of Navarone. I'm so glad you guys enjoyed it because I love it. It's a great yeah, one. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. very good. I was pleasantly surprised. I am so glad. Because when I'd watch it with my dad, he would be able to translate the German to me. And I could pick up a couple words here and there. I Yeah, know? that's what I would do. I would be like, oh, Fast. Nazi, 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 work, Nazi, Nazi. the phone and he answered the phone and was just like, yeah. One time our friend Vana is from the Ukraine and one time we were out at a bar 
in Richmond. And these guys were, I don't know why we were doing this, but she was pretending like we were pretending like we were from the Ukraine and we were au pairs and I didn't speak English. And these guys were treating us so terribly. And they were like, try to give us a half drink Tecate. And we're like, here, Tecate, good American beer. And like, just speaking to us so dumb, like, you know, like we were idiots. And all I kept saying was, yeah, yeah, after everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, ah, And then ah. at the end of the night, Adam left with both of us because Adam, she, her boyfriend had left or something. So Adam walked left with both of us, and the guys were like, "Oh my god!" And he was like, "I don't know." <laughs> so I just kept thinking that when they called the phone, and he was just like, "Yeah,", yeah. He kept saying, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." But yes, it was a very good movie. <laughs> Excellent. One time when we were first in Germany, the first time we went to some little bar and, and there were older German men there that had been in the war. And so they're speaking their German and Poppy's thinking, yeah, he's got this. He understands. And I'm just. And so the, this one guy is, is talking to Poppy about me. And it's like, yes, go ahead. Take her over <laughs> Take her to that room over there. It's fine. I'll be here when she gets back. <laughs> I don't have a good feeling. Yeah. About this. Yeah. My wife. Yeah. Lex. Yeah. Yes. I'm fine. Oh, there you are. Yeah. Foof. Yes. So that's my yeah. Foof mark. Foof mark. Yeah. 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 Das ist gut, das ist gut, ja, ja. Okay, next week. All right, well, next week we are going to 1957. Oh, do I get to guess? Yes. Okay. Do you have a guess just from 1957? Off the top of my head, no, sad. Okay, we're, it's going to be an hour and 15 minutes shorter than this week. Oh, <laughs> we're committed to an hour and 23 minutes. Thank oh, wow. you. Where are we going? Let me tell you where we're going. 1957. Um, I'm so sorry. Oh my god, I should have done my mm. homework. Now I'm thinking of like 1957. And we're going to Texas and Kansas. Texas and Kansas, 1957. Giant. Giant, and nothing about a giant. No, that was like in the 60s. Like 1960 oh, okay. or something. Um, rabies. Rabies. Oh, a dog is involved. There's oh, a dog involved. Old bored. Yeller. Old Yeller. Oh my old god. We're doing oh old my Yeller. god. Erin is, is gonna start crying now. I am. This is just gonna be the podcast with you and Teeny punctuated by me blowing my nose. <laughs> have you seen? I don't think I've ever seen it. Actually. I don't think I have either. I know how it ends. Oh, I don't know. My grandfather loved this movie. I, I don't wow. know. <laughs> She's <one>. crying already. <laughs> oh, man, it got real I dusty in here. I used to see it as a kid a lot, but I haven't watched it in... I don't know what happens. This is going to be an interesting podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what we'll talk about, but it's going to be just uh, it's gonna be very quiet. You 
said yesterday, it doesn't matter. No, I, that's true. I, I did. Exactly. And I tried to stick within like an older eight year range. I'm proud of you. I am proud of you. I haven't seen it, so I don't know how sad I'm going to get. But just, just I've heard things at this moment. I've just heard. I've just <laughs> heard crying. things, and I'm just like, oh my, like, okay. Well, oh my I because <laughs> like, oh yeah, I know that I watched where the red fern grows, and then it was like, yeah, that's it's nowhere near as bad as old yeller. Someone said to me in class <laughs> as I was just sobbing, and I'm like, I know how where the red fern grows ends. Okay, I, I know how this ends, and it's... I don't know oh. that one either. I haven't seen that one either. Where the red fern grows? Yeah. Isn't that the book too, right? Oh my gosh, all these yeah. flashbacks. Like, it just in the title for the weather. Oh my god. Jeez. We're all gonna need triples. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Yep. Excellent. Well, I love that it's about a dog that's alive at the beginning, at least. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I'm going with that route or want any of us to watch that, but here we are. <laughs> and, and that's what I we're going to do. I appreciate the strong move. Honestly. <laughs> it's a choice. All right. Uh, I'm, oh, I'm ready. <laughs> wow. Oh, no. <laughs> Okay, listeners, Aaron is going to cry through this all week through the podcast next week, but we will be here for you. I'm just going to be like, old yeller. Yeah. And then that's going to be the podcast next week. Just old yeller, we cry, and then. The- okay. Well, there you have it, listeners. We hope you enjoyed the guys of and We'll be here for this next week. <laughs> I'm gonna be so curious to see how many people listen. Just like they'll just just it'll probably get the, the most amount, and the whole podcast then is gonna be like sad as like then mom's gonna pick stepmom and then beaches like. <laughs> steel magnolias and it's just gonna be like just it's just let's watch all the movies that make aaron cry (laughs) maybe we need a crying month it's just crying month and i'm just like great guys now i have a sinus infection during a pandemic nice (laughs) okay well (laughs) there you go I love it though. This is gonna be a rating spike. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm down. If this makes us my favorite murder, I'm all in. <laughs> That's right. That's right. If we can fill up convention halls of people wanting to listen to us. <laughs> okay. Bye bye. <laughs>